Can we put our hands together for everyone that's been involved in this morning? Uh, they've all done fantastic. I think, I think one of the shepherd puppets had had a bit too much root beer, though. So this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts in our time together about this glorious light that we've been hearing about this morning. And um, anyone seen the Peterham Illuminations this year? Peterham Illuminations, all the Christmas lights. I'm sure you could see them from space as well. You know, there's so many uh, Christmas lights on the outside of some of the houses on our streets. I wonder whether they're celebrating the birth of Jesus or Southern Electric. I'm not sure which it is. I feel because of last week that I've got to tell a Christmas cracker joke. Because last, last week we heard a lot of them from Powerhouse and Fusion. So I've got one for you, okay. What did the Christmas tree say to the light bulb when it was sad? That was longer than what I said. Lighten up. Yeah, sorry about that. Joel told, told better ones last week, I have to say. I don't know about you or whether it's just in our house, I am convinced there is a Christmas lights gremlin. So each year you can neatly put the, a full set of working Christmas tree lights away neatly in the box. You come to it the following year, you pull them out. Somehow in the year they've been tangled up and one of the bulbs isn't working. Is it just me? I, I don't know what it is. No matter how neatly you seem to put it away, all working, by the time you come to it the next year, there's one broken and they're in a complete tangle. Um, I, uh, I always remember that uh, I used to make my dad jump when he plugged the Christmas tree lights in. So we'd go to plug them in uh, and I'd go, bang! And um, <laughs> I just made him jump there. I, uh, I had to stop doing that after he had his heart attack. But I have to say, I didn't bring it on by doing that. But I've stopped doing that. So this morning we've been reminded about the glorious light that filled the sky by the heavenly host which uh, pointed the shepherds to the manger. There's also the bright night star, the Bethlehem star that lit up the sky which led the wise men to the Christ child that we read about. Yet Christmas talks of another light. Christmas talks of another light that enlight, not only enlightens us, but searches our hearts. And I pray this morning that we would actually allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts as we're sharing this time together. And this light is a, it's incredible because this light is a living person. Uh, this light was glimpsed as a baby in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. This is the Christmas light, the living word becoming flesh, making his dwelling amongst us. Emmanuel, God with us, dazzling those with eyes to see this Christmas light. And this is the glorious light that we've heard about already today that Zechariah spoke of in his prophecy. And if you've got your Bible, you just might want to turn with me to a couple of verses in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses 78 to 79. And as you're finding that, it's an excuse for me to drink some water. Oh, Lovely. <laughs> Brilliant. Luke chapter 1, Zechariah's prophecy, verse 78 and 79 says this. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. To guide us to the path of peace. I absolutely love Zechariah's prophetic outburst after having no voice for nine months and I'm getting to get a glimpse of what that would be like. He, 
he speaks over his son, John. He prophetically speaks over his son, John. But he also points to a glorious light that was about to break upon mankind. There was a breaking to reveal an incredible light upon the earth. These are powerful words that Zechariah spoke out, and it reveals something to us. It reveals that it wasn't the making of men, but God's tender mercy for us that smashed that 400-year silence where darkness seems to prevail. It wasn't a movement of, movement of men who sat in darkness, but it was a move of God that shone upon the hearts of men. It's also, it also reveals that it wasn't the illumination of men's intelligence that fumbled around for answers in the darkness over that time, but God's great light to guide us to the path of peace. Powerful words that Zachariah spoke. I don't know if you've seen the news this week, but uh, there's been a Christmas uh, light display in the Australian capital of Canberra, and it's just set a new world record for having almost 1.2 million lights in their Christmas display. That even beats Petersham Illuminations, did it? Um, And yet, all of those lights pale into insignificance at the light that Zachariah speaks of. And many of us know firsthand that Christmas is so much more about uh, twinkly little fairy lights as much as we love them. So much more than that, but it was about the light of the world stepping down into the darkness. And the girls sang that song beautifully earlier, I have to say. And if I was to summarize Christmas in two words, I think it would be these, dark and light. Dark and light. When the the Bible talks about dark, it often is a metaphor for death or of the absence of God. And we've been reminded this week, as we've looked at the news of the evil and darkness of heart in some men around our world. And so over 2,000 years ago, there was also then a king that tried to dethrone the king of kings by the massacre of the innocents. And politically at that time, it was a dark time. There was the oppressive Roman rule. And the Bible says that the people were shrouded in darkness. Imagine that, being shrouded in darkness. The nation of Israel was fractured It was a dark, dark time. But we also see, as well as the dark, we see an incredible light. We see that there's a joyous, triumphant invitation to those living in darkness to embrace the light of Jesus and to be released from the shadow of death, to have their light switched on in their life. And thank God that some 2,000 years later, Jesus is still doing that. This morning, if you don't know that in your own heart and life, uh, the invite is still open for you to embrace the light and the love and the hope and the peace and the forgiveness of Jesus through relationship with him. And for those of us who have, let me remind you this morning that this glorious light of the world, Jesus, he challenges us to be the light of the world as well. In Matthew 5, 14, And that our good deeds would be the power against the darkness for the glory of God. There's a force that darkness cannot conquer. And it's the force of loving acts of kindness done in Jesus' name. And now, has anyone seen the new Hobbit release? Anyone been to see the Hobbit? One little hand there. Oh, two hands there. We've got a great response in the house this morning. Uh, 
It's a great, great film. And uh, in, the, in J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, book, The Hobbit, the wizard Gandalf um, explains why he has selected a small hobbit like Bilbo to accompany the dwarves to fight the enemy. And he says this. I could perhaps do a good Gandalf voice this morning. <clears throat> he says, Saruman believes it is the only great power that can hold evil in check but that it is not what I have found. I have found it is the small everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. That was a rubbish Gandalf impression, wasn't it? But you know what I'm saying? And you know what? That's exactly what Jesus teaches as well. It wasn't just some old bloke called Gandalf in a book from not so long ago. Jesus teaches it as well, warning that we're going to live in dark times. But he also reminded us that we can live for him, that we can turn the other cheek, that we can go the extra mile, that we can forgive and even love our enemies. We can reach out to the broken, to those who live in darkness. So over this Christmas period, I want to encourage you to look for the privileged opportunity to bring acts of kindness to a dark world, to bring the glorious light of Jesus to others. Now, if I just take one of these lovely Christmas tree lights, and uh, the Bible talks about how we have a light, when we open our hearts to the light of Jesus, the light of the world, he brings his light into our hearts. But the Bible also says not to hide the light of the world, not to hide your light under a bushel or a bucket, but actually to bring out the light of the world into the, into the world that we live in, in all of its darkness, in all of its fragility, in all of its challenges, to bring the light of the world into the world around us. We have got a great opportunity over this Christmas period, just as we have been doing, to share this light with people. So I want to I wanna be encouraging you. I want to... I, wanna, I better put it back, Anna. Uh, okay, before anyone notices. I want to encourage you over this Christmas period to really look to shine a light before men not to hide it. I want to encourage us today that we can celebrate Christmas because of the glorious light that still shines today that will not be put out. And as the book of Philippians uh, chapter 2 says this, Christ gave up his divine privileges, humbly born as a human being, and it continues to say that we should shine like bright lights in a broken and dark world. And we can remember that as the light of Christ came into the darkness of night, it can give us hope and give our world hope as it shines into our hearts. No matter how dark it might be, how bleak the outlook looks, that actually the light of Christ still shines today. And I just want to finish off by saying this. It wasn't Christ came into the world, and it wasn't despite our brokenness. It was for our brokenness. Christ came into the world, and it wasn't despite the darkness. It was to overpower the darkness. And uh, I've got a little gift for everyone today and um, for you to take away to remind you that this morning, actually, no matter how broken we come to Christ, that actually in our brokenness, he can shine a light. And I've got a couple of volunteers who are going to help me give these out. Um, Jacob and Job, you guys, can you come and help me? I've got some uh, glow sticks for everyone, and we've all probably had glow sticks before, but really, just as a reminder this morning, and maybe you can wear this today to remind you of this, 
that actually a glow stick has to be broken for the light to shine. There is an element of brokenness in a glow stick. It has to be broken for the light to shine. So as you come around, you break it, you'll find that out for yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says this, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is is from God, not from ourselves. And this morning we come in all our brokenness, we come in all our fragility, we come in the craziness of this season that there is. We come together this morning with the dark news that has took place around the world this week. And we come in all of that and we declare, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light in our community. Let there be light, light of Jesus in our own hearts. Let there be light in our church. Let there be light in our families, in our redundancies, in our not having a job, in our poor health, in, those, in the fragility of life. Let there be light. Let there be light. See, we read and we've heard earlier that actually those 400 years of darkness and silence where it seems that everything was broken, it was then that the dawn was about to break around the world. I'm just going to ask if we can stand and we're going to pray, just as the guys are. But remember, church, that actually Christ reveals his goodness and his greatness. There's, there's a, a little, I think it's quite a well-known fact, actually, that um, di- diamond, uh, what do you call them? Jewelers. The, uh, that's the name. Never go in those places. Um, when, they re- when they're showing off a diamond to reveal all the light, uh, and the facets of it, they'll put it against the dark cloth to reveal the, the beauty of it. And actually, it's, in, it's the world that's shrouded in darkness, and as dark as it can be, and even in our own lives, that actually reveals the beauty of Christ in our lives and in the world. It's the beauty of Christ that is even more revealed in the darkness. Grace abounds, the Bible talks of. Wasn't despite our brokenness that Christ came, it was for our brokenness. Wasn't despite the darkness, it was to overpower the darkness. And Father God, this morning we just thank you for everyone that's been involved in sharing about this glorious light. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that no matter how broken and dark that life seems to be at times, that actually it's in those times that your light shines the, the greatest, the brightest. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't forget that incredible truth this day. And as a church, we just speak over those situations and dark and difficult times, and we say, let there be light. Church, let's together say, let there be light. Let there be light. In every circumstance and situation in our lives, let there be light. For the glory and honor of your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask if our stewards would uh, take up our tithes and offering. Obviously, if you're a visitor this morning, you're not obliged to have to give. And uh, as we do, Jordan's just going to lead us in worship. Thank you.